Hey everybody, David Gustafson here from the Iowa Renewable Energy Association. Uh, thank you for tuning in to Renewable and Sustainable, the Inner Environment of Environmental Activism. This is a monthly forum with leaders in the environmental movement hosted by iRenew. We talk a lot about how to heal the outer environment, how to deal with climate change, how to be more sustainable in our practices in the outside world. But what about our inner environment? What sustainable practices are we employing within ourselves? Because as within, so without. With guests from the community that are champions of sustainability, in all its forms, we explore what are the inner motivations for environmental work. What are some of your motivations and concerns when you think about sustainability, about the environment, about climate change, about social justice? Tune in monthly for a live webcast with our guests, uh, followed by a Q&A. If you join the Zoom or the Facebook Live, you can interact live. All all episodes are then uploaded to YouTube or all the major um, podcast streaming services. So our intention with this forum was to generate community support for each other as we trudge this road of environmental activism. And in pre preparing for this conversation uh, with Tamara Marcus, I heard her say the, the term climate crisis. Uh, while it's important to acknowledge the gravity and reality of climate change, uh, the word crisis implies a state of emergency, a state of fight or flight, of survival. Uh, and in this lies my inspiration for the Renewable and Sustainable Forum, um, that we cannot thrive if we are in a state of crisis, of fight or flight, of survival. So how to shift and reframe our environmental activism to one of joy, of affirmation and of thriving? How do we meet the challenges of our time as empowered and supported agents of change? So iRenew uh, can always use your support to donate or volunteer or spot to sponsor an episode or any of our other events. Uh, go to iRenew.org. And without further ado, here is our first episode of Renewable and Sustainable, the Inner Environment of Environmental Activism with Tamara Marcus. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Renewable and Sustainable Forum, the Inner Environment of Environmental Activism, uh, where iRenew hosts a monthly forum on um, dealing with the inner environment of doing this environmental work. Today, we have Tamara Marcus, who's currently running for city council. Uh, she's the sustainability program coordinator for uh, Lynn County. Um, she's extremely accomplished as, as um, I'm just going to look at my notes. I mean, the, the things that stuck out to me most with her, um, uh, with her accomplishments is that she was a Fulbright scholar, which entailed two years of climate research in the Indian Himalayas. She's a PhD candidate in natural resources and earth system sciences from the University of New Hampshire. Uh, she worked with the Sami of Finland. Scandinavia. Scandinavia. Swedish Sami specifically. Mm. And the indigenous of Australia, uh, the president and co-founder of the Advocates for Social Justice, where in the wake of 
George Floyd's murder. She was central in establishing the Citizens Police Review Board for Cedar Rapids. Um, Lynn County's first sustainability program director, coordinator. She started one week after the derecho hit Cedar Rapids. Um, and yeah, currently running for city council. So seeing where you're at now, can you tell me where your devotion to environmental justice came from? Yeah, sure. Um, I think it was just one of those things that kind of develops organically. Um, and it, it can be difficult to really trace um, kind of how these pieces um, within my life and my reality have been put together. Um, but I've just always been really passionate about um, climate change specifically and um, communicating the effects of a changing climate on, on us, on our everyday mm -hmm. lives. Um, and I think just being a, you know, a woman of color in a predominantly, you know, white male dominated field, mm. um, you know, you're kind of forced whether you like it or not. Um, and thankfully I do, but um, you're kind of forced to, um, I guess, think about how to get other people who look like you in that space. Mm. Um, it's, it's something, you know, from very early on in like my public school, uh, you know, K through 12 upbringing or whatever, where I was very aware of the fact that I was often the only black student um, in my classes. Um, and mm. so I think that, you know, it, it has only gotten, I, I've only been less represented as I've continued on my mm. um, academic journey. Um, so I think, you know, I've just got really involved in issues of diversity, equity, inclusion in mm. academia specifically and, and STEM specifically. Um, you know, I, I was on the board of um, Reclaiming STEM, which is a uh, inclusive science communication and science policy training um, available to students of color. Um, and so I think that's when I really started understanding how to use knowledge of climate, um, climate change, right, which is something that's very technical, very, mm. um, you know, and, and theoretical in a lot of ways as well. Um, but that being in that kind of space of trying to intentionally recruit more people of color in STEM, um, you know, it made me start asking questions about, um, you know, who, first of all, who we, we were communicating climate change to mm -hmm. and how we were doing that and how the models of communication weren't really intentional in, in how they were structured to reach certain audiences, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of assumptions, I think, in, in communication, um, in science communication. You're, you basically really start at, like, I think most of the times it's like, what is a greenhouse gas? Mm -hmm. What is, you know, like, what is green, like the greenhouse gas effect, you know, and like mm -hmm. trying to, um, to start from that point. And that works for some people, which is great. But I think when you, you know, for people who experience climate change are already experiencing the effects of climate change. Um, it's an issue of, of justice, right? And so mm -hmm. if you're talking to them about greenhouse gases, they're like, well, I can't pay my utility bill mm -hmm. and it's hot. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I can, I feel um, the effects of these, you know, extreme heat, heat events mm -hmm. um, daily. And so why are you talking to me about greenhouse gases? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and so starting the conversation um, or at least being able to, or able and willing to meet people where they are. Um, mm. 
And so I think that's kind of where I started to connect this DEI work that I was doing, um, again, in academia with uh, my interest and passion for like climate change, climate communication, climate mm. policy, um, and trying to just bridge those two pieces so we could, so I could really intentionally be trying to engage the most impacted among us, the most climate vulnerable among us in mm. conversations around climate change and climate adaptation. Mm -hmm. So when you were a student, like a young student, elementary, high school mm -hmm. in, in Cedar Rapids, and you know, you were like very aware that you were often the only like person of color in those situations. And um, I mean, like that adding like added stressors and distractions to like, you know, how do I, how do I fit in? How do I feel accepted? Um, like when I grew up, I was, um, I was in foster care a lot and I, my family situation like changed like a ton mm -hmm. and I was like constantly moving and, you know, one could say I had like a tumultuous traumatic childhood and I was, you know, constantly dealing with like the added stress of mm -hmm. feeling like I, I don't fit in, I don't belong, I'm not worthy mm -hmm. to, to be here. And, um, in the midst of that, like like where's the space for um where's the space to consider like issues bigger than just your survival mm -hmm. you know like when you're like in that situation um like you're 16 year years old and in in high school like a lot of stuff feels like life or death right you know and, and still today a lot of stuff seems, feels like life or death so what in like those early years do you remember like a, an event or a turning point where you were able to like see climate change as something like personal even in the midst of all that um yes but i think it's something maybe not maybe unexpected so um so actually um cindy garlock who is on the school board cedar rapids school board, mm -hmm. board currently um and is also um a big part of my campaign right now she was my ap bio teacher mm -hmm. um and so she was the only teacher who kennedy which is where i went to high school didn't have recycling at the time and so she was uh -huh. the only teacher where you could recycle stuff uh -huh. and so i have you know this very vivid memory of bringing people's like empty bottles to her room at the end of each period because mm -hmm. they would just chuck them away you know and so i'd go into bring them into her room and and kind of jokingly be like we're you know bringing in the bottle, like we're saving the world. Mm -hmm. um, and you no, know, everyone would probably agree that recycling one plastic bottle is not really saving the world. Mm. But I think the mentality and the motivation behind that action is really what is the point, you know, mm -hmm. is not this one bottle, recycling this one bottle is saving the world, but each of us has a role to play and every action counts. Mm -hmm. you know so um so that to me i guess is kind of where i grounded my i guess climate action ag activism advocacy work um is this belief that what we do matters mm. and we and the and the more we believe that the more mm. it becomes true right you know what i mean right and so i think that there's this danger when self-fulfilling prophecy in exactly, the good way exactly yeah. mm -hmm. you know because climate change and climate adaptation can feel so mm, paralyzing you know mm -hmm. so just mm -hmm. like like such a heavy weight 
on everyone's shoulders right mm-hmm. and so it feels like you know well I'm just one person yeah you know and what I it's not gonna matter it's just you know it's just one straw right I think is like that kind of cheesy meme but mm. it's true you know like if everyone says I'm just one person it doesn't matter then it doesn't mm-hmm. you know and if everyone says I'm just one person it does matter then it does mm-hmm. and so really believing that we have this um internal power to to do good you know mm-hmm. and to treat ourselves others and our world in a in a way that is um reflective of of its value you know what mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. so yeah i think i think that's maybe the moment that is the most strongest in my memory of just like mm-hmm. being like feeling like i like i i could do it and therefore we could do it you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I, to me what you're describing is um like a, a moment where it it felt like it had like great meaning and and love associated with mm-hmm. it like Cindy Garlock is you know was this um important person and you're in in that moment you had this connection and Definitely. I feel like that um I don't know it, with Irene we talk a lot about being motivated uh, not trying to motivate ourselves or others by with fear, mm-hmm. you know, in doomsday. Mm-hmm. Um, like we've, we get the, a, a lot of people get the science. A lot of people have been hearing that for 30 years that right. this things are just getting worse and worse and worse. Well, and, and it, and it feels like, yeah, like the sixties, I think is when they, yeah. Um, the first, it, it's and it doesn't seem like enough is changing mm-hmm. fast enough mm-hmm. and what a part of our mentality at i renew is to um motivate through you know through um intention and affirmation and positivity and and community and the 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 things that are good for community that are good for personal health that are good for your relationships are also good for the environment like if you're picking up trash in your neighborhood like that's amazing like that feels really good for your mental health and the connections that you start to make with people as you're walking around with those one bag challenge uh bags that the mayor um, city manager city manager excuse me (laughs) jeff romance yep they say city manager right now (laughs) oh that's nice (laughs) That's so cool. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But he would if he could. I believe it. <laughs> but yeah, like those those moments, those where it, it can feel like this is um, an enriching, meaningful, loving act. Uh, so like picking up trash, it's like very obvious. Like you're cleaning up. Like you're literally cleaning up um, the neighborhood around you. But then if you, you know, employ some abstract thinking um and recognize that okay if this gets recycled it's better for the landfill um it's better for the environment it's like the 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 amount of plastic that's that's disintegrating and diffusing into the seas um the coral reefs are dying um around around australia there i mean there's just if you kind of extend that 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 loving meaning to the whole climate than the whole earth then you know like stuff like recycling this one bottle mm-hmm. can instead of being this like mechanistic model like this is there's x number of bottles 
Um, hey, Ingmar, our dog just, my dog just came <laughs> in the room. Um, you know, instead of being like this mechanistic model of like, there's X number of bottles and in order for, to make any impact, we have to mm-hmm. recycle X number. Like we're never going to do that because there's 7 billion people and 7, bi- 7 billion people have to cooperate. You know, that mechanistic mo- model right. instantly like defeats itself. Yeah. But if it's like a loving act, mm-hmm. then it can be, well, maybe not, but I'm doing this out of love mm-hmm. for the environment. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, that does spread and more people do want to do that. Watch out, buddy. Mm-hmm. Don't spill the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that makes me think of your, I was listening to your IPR yeah. uh, talk of Iowa interview yeah. and you made this really cool statement about like the, the science being like accessible to you because you understand, uh, and you've had the privilege of a ton of education and that's, um, and you know, a lot of people don't have that privilege right. and there's understanding, um, or just having some humility when somebody doesn't like believe in climate change or, um, or understand or care that that's, that's like a matter of humility. Could you talk more on that? Yeah, sure. Um, and, and before I do, let me just kind of circle back to, um, you know, this, I, I really like, loved how you put, um, you know, this mechanistic approach versus this um, loving approach, right? I think is how you phrased it. Um, And I think a lot about, you know, kind of my own, like it started with with that, you know, like it started with me recycling in in a high school class, you know, with one teacher, Mm -hmm. you know, and and then the next year, you know, we started an earth club, you know, and then I, you know, studied, went away to college, thought I was going to be like, you know, pre-med and started as a, just a, yeah, I guess pre-med gen, gen bio major. And then was like, no, I want to do biochemistry and study biogeochemistry. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, okay, because I want to understand climate change. And now it's like, um, you know, um, okay, cool. So back to this thing of privilege, right? It's like, okay, well mm-hmm. now only I, like, it's great for me to like study this and write a paper about it and go to conferences and present it to other people who think about these things Mm -hmm. or, you know, and that's a good thing and we should do that. And also it, that knowledge can't remain trapped in papers that are hard to access Mm -hmm. Um, and not hard and just like, you know, you read it and you can't understand it. That's one level of access, but even the cost of, of getting them, you know, you usually Mm -hmm. have to pay something and that's Mm -hmm. a barrier. Mm-hmm. right um and so and then okay so remove those two barriers maybe you translate it um into you know common english which is now happening more and more in, in stem which is great to see mm-hmm. um at least in, in terms of like abstracts um you remove the costs of of um you know the paper itself awesome but then still you still need people to translate you know this um technical understanding of climate climate change into something that's actionable, you mm-hmm. know? And mm-hmm. so there's still some capacity building that we have to do to be able to connect those dots, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so so just back to that point um, of this, like starting this work, again, wherever you are, you know? I think um, Kabir, who's a um, Indian poet has this quote, wherever you are is the entry point, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so just like, wherever you are, is the entry point, Mm -hmm. 
right? And I, I think it's so important for people to, to really think about what that means, right? Because some people might not think that they are qualified to, to mm-hmm. care about climate change or um, capable or mm-hmm. worthy or whatever, you know, word you want to shit on yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but none of that is, is really true. Again, because mm-hmm. we all have a role to play and it's all going to look different and mm-hmm. we have to allow mm-hmm. space for it to look different. And mm-hmm. I think the environmental movement is starting to get there, mm-hmm. right? And understanding that, we can't just be gung-ho solar, you know, mm-hmm. um, and just blindly, you know, right. without understanding how some of these um, pieces fit into our socioeconomic status, mm-hmm. right? And the, mm-hmm. and the real needs of our community. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I do think, and I will speak on this all, if any times I'm asked, I think one of the greatest privileges in the world is an education, you know mm-hmm. um and again in many ways not just because you have a diploma and can now apply for certain jobs that mm-hmm. you're not qualified for because you have that piece of paper um but also because you get to be around people who come from different places generally speaking when you go to university or go to college you get to be your ways of thinking are challenged because of it mm-hmm. um and there's this level of growth that you know the level might vary but it really it really does happen I think for everyone where you start to understand that there are so many ways of experiencing the world Mm -hmm. and so many you know such a diversity of lived experiences that it makes you question what is what is right or what is true or what is perfect Yeah. yeah which I think is a healthy process for us all to do, to be reflective of that, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so and so I think when you start to do that, then when you get people who, um, you know, who might be resistant to things like, even as climate change, right? They don't believe in climate change, mm-hmm, air quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, when you, when you get, when you go through a university education, because you're experiencing, you know, these different ways of thinking, you can start to step back and ask yourself, okay, well, what about this person makes them think what they think? And mm-hmm. instead of trying to convince them with, mm-hmm. you know, facts that they probably don't want to listen to anyway, and mm-hmm. honestly, mm-hmm. I probably don't want to share, you know, for the hundredth mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get to listen to why they think the things they do mm-hmm. and start to actually assess, you know, where is the gap and how do we bridge it? Uh-huh. So a, a really great example for me was, you know, meeting this mechanic and he was, we were talking about climate change and he didn't believe in climate change. And, you know, I was like, I, I, well, you know, we're talking for a while. And then I eventually asked him a question like, okay, well, what do you do? Mm-hmm. And he's like, um, well, I, I'm a mechanic. I fix cars. I'm like, okay, that's fair enough. Like, that's really important. I have a car. I I really value mechanics because I don't know anything about cars. So I actually really need mechanics to exist because mm. I drive a car and, and that's a, you know, that's valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if, if something on my car broke down, again, I don't really know anything about cars. So I might do my own research, see if it's a quick fix. 
maybe it's like what they're like spark plugs or something I don't uh-huh. <laughs> I think those you can replace by yourself obviously I haven't had to do it yet but maybe it's maybe it's soon. actually super hard and I broke a card trying to do that myself <laughs> okay, once so, so don't do that. it was hard for me anyway <laughs> but you know so I might do my own research I might watch some YouTube videos <laughs> and try and figure out like okay I think I maybe have a good understanding of how to refill my you know uh windshield wiper fluid mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm. like that um, but at the end of the day, I'm going to go to someone who has spent their life working on cars, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and this is what they do. They're an expert at working on cars. I'm going to go to you and I'm going to trust that you're going to give me the best advice. Uh-huh. Right. And so, and that's how, and, and I was like, this is what climate scientists are doing. Right. You how, know? how did he respond? Did he? I, that was an example that I think resonated with him. And we uh-huh. left that conversation, not, you know, he wasn't he wasn't certainly like okay now i'm a believer and like yeah how do i sign up to get solar <laughs> and... yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> um no but but what happened was that he had a positive experience about mm-hmm. a topic that mm-hmm. he and listened we both listened in a way that you know he had it before mm-hmm. and so now when he's on his own doing this research you know like he like he'll email me every now and again and be like what do you think about this paper you know mm. and so it starts a dialogue right of people who are climate hesitant climate change hesitant right <laughs> um w- with those of us who are are trying to pull more people into the fold who are mm-hmm. trying to make this space more inclusive mm-hmm. um and i thought that was just a really powerful experience yeah absolutely that that reminds me of a, a political conversation i had with um like a really good friend of mine I, I i love him to death but we are like polar opposites politically mm. and i um it, somehow our friendship has survived uh, <laughs> that's a testament to his other qualities yeah. indeed uh and mine i suppose because yeah. uh, he he stays friends with me too um brian <laughs> i love you man um he yeah we we just had a, a totally differing opinion on on a political conversation and um something to do with covid and, and the pandemic and the response to it and um i just i felt my hackles getting getting raised um like we just neatly evade these conversations mm-hmm. most of the time mm-hmm. and when they do come up we just you know, skirt around them and, and move on and and um and that's how we usually handle them. But th- this time it was, you know, our hackles were getting raised. We both were right and needed <laughs> to have the other person know. And um, and I had heard recently about that thing you described, curiosity, you know, just getting curious mm-hmm. about the other person's beliefs and 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 experience and perspective. And I asked him, um, I just asked him, like, why? Like, what are you afraid of? Mm-hmm. Um, what is, why are you think, why do you believe this way? Mm-hmm. And actually just really got curious. And um, for me anyway, it just, it totally diffused the animosity. I just mm-hmm. literally just became caring about his, his perspective. Yeah. And then I think the conversation, like we were, like I think I think his animosity like lowered down and he wasn't trying to convince me of anything. He was just sharing his fears and it became this like vulnerable, heartfelt moment rather than like a, a fight. Yeah. You know? 
Yes. And I think that's, um, yeah, with, with climate change and um, this conversation, like even me, um, like my, my philosophical argument is as to why one should just go ahead and, and do all the things that are best for the environment. Um, like why you should recycle. Um, Cause whether or not, like, even if you're climate hesitant, um, it's still great. You know, it's still like, you know, the, if we're conscientious about the, the soil health of around us, which has to do with, um, you know, the, the environment around us, the, the health of our waters, like, if you're just conscientious about that, you're just, it's even in, on the mechanistic level, you're going to, you're going to benefit like yourself and the people you love right around you. And like, even, I feel like that's a airtight argument personally. And even that, like, if I explain that to someone without getting curious about like their experience mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I'm just, it's not going to break through, right. you know, like that other people's experience is like super important yeah. in this, in this conversation, which brings me to, um, like your, your work on, uh, in response to the derecho and, um, the, the response to like the, the way the, the natural disaster dispro disproportionately affected, uh, vulnerable communities. Mm -hmm. And like th throughout your bio, um, it talks a lot about environmental justice and, um, climate justice and, justice for people that are disproportionately affected mm -hmm. by um by like a natural disaster or access to renewable energies and I, I was thinking about this question where um you have a household that just can't pay the electricity bill even you know is struggling to pay that yeah. and in maybe even they're aware of climate change and like peripherally concerned about it but like if your kids can't eat and you can't pay the electricity bill like your priorities are your priorities and that that overwhelm feeling yeah. that can come from i i'm i want to help but like my whole life is already overwhelming yeah much less trying to like start throwing recycling into it um, my my travel choices um renewable energy um, like what products do I buy? The, the healthier ones are more expensive. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, like, mm -hmm. and for, for me that, that overwhelm, like quickly turns into like this inner critic of like, there's, there's never enough, mm -hmm. you know, like there's always more to do. There's always more to do turns into, uh, there's never enough. Mm -hmm. There's never enough. And so like, if you could speak to like one of those households, that's in that like that place mm -hmm. um like how how would you talk to them about the inner critic and that feeling of overwhelm um that's a great question well i i think i think one of the most important things that people can do in terms of climate action is to vote for politicians that take it seriously mm. you know what I mean mm -hmm. and not just like uh we're doing this because it's trendy but really dive deep into how to make it work locally mm -hmm. 
I think, you know, that's kind of the biggest, I think that's been one of the biggest challenges just generally of the environmental movement is because it hasn't been inclusive, you mm. know, there's all of this kind of like catch up work to do to kind of show that it, it has to be. Mm-hmm. And I and I don't want to put too much fault on like early environmentalists because it's like challenging to build a movement and like mm-hmm. you're not always aware of the things you're missing or you don't have the capacity to address them at the time. So like while you know we can give grace to those original environmentalists, right, that that started this movement, I think it, you know, it calls on all of us as climate activists, as organizers, as elected officials to to kind of address to correct some of that work, right? Mm-hmm. And to make sure that as we move forward, right, we are taking things like equity, things like socioeconomic status, things like access, things like um, mm-hmm. education status, right? Um, housing status, all of these other social um, metrics into account mm-hmm. when we're thinking about what climate adaptation looks like locally. Mm-hmm. But if I, so, you know, speaking directly to that household, and even voting is mm-hmm. is hard to do, right? Like, mm-hmm. so as if you're a household, you know, especially like stretched thin, worried about, you know, like paycheck to paycheck. Um, I think that to me is one of the, the quickest and easiest things to do and recognizing that even then it's not so easy um, mm-hmm. to, to vote. Um, but I think that that is something that goes a long way. Um, yeah, that's like one like empowering thing that, to do, like in in the midst of that overwhelm, mm-hmm. like finding something that's empowering that has like that has meaning to you to like to go and vote. Like as you were describing, to you know, even that can be hard, but even that is a, a small a small victory that you can really be proud of that you voted that you were concerned about like who was on the ballot and you went and did that. Mm-hmm. That's um, yeah. And if, if I personally, David Gustafson can, can be a support for voting at all. Like if you need a, a ride to, to vote or if there's any way that I can support and, you know, I renew doesn't the Iowa renewable energy association doesn't um, we don't promote like any particular candidate. Uh, like or what's that word not sponsor but endorse endorse we don't endorse any particular specific candidate but um we do endorse um climate justice and things that are best for the climate things that are best for making iowa renewable and sustainable mm-hmm. for everyone mm-hmm. um so we uh, th- that's something we've done in the past is listed the issues and listed the um, listed the candidates and how they support those issues. And yeah, just, just as you were su- just describing voting, um, that just like gave me like a, I was getting like goosebumps thinking about voting and how important that is about how important that is in the, in the democratic process in this, in this American experiment. Um, <laughs> so like, is there anything else that you would say to that household? Yeah, I think in this household and, and every household really, but especially um, especially to those who feel like, you know, um, there's never enough um, and there's too much um, all at once, but to take it slow, mm. 
you know, and, and to, to have grace again with yourself and, and your journey. Cause it's not something like our society has not been designed to make it easy for us to care for our planet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It really hasn't. Mm -hmm. Um, and we can get into, you know, the reasons why that's a whole separate, you know, conversation, which I'd love to have. Um, but just simply put, you know, we we don't live in a society that prioritizes environmental health um, the way it needs to for us Mm -hmm. to sustain ourselves as as a rate as a species i would say health in general yes you know personal health societal mental health 100 percent 100 percent um and so so to have this grace with yourself and to do what you can right i think again another kind of cheesy quote that i really love actually is you know, we don't need 8 billion people doing sustainability perfectly, mm-hmm. right? Or like, what is, now I'm butchering it. Um, but basically, <laughs> we all just need to be doing so, what we can and something mm-hmm. is really mm-hmm. what it comes down to. Mm. You know, so I think about like my own personal journey of like, okay, so um, you're going to start by recycling. Maybe you go, you eat a veg meal, a vegetarian meal once a week. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and that's, and then maybe your next step, you're like, wow, okay, I have all of these, I'm using all of these plastic bags. I wonder if I can bring like reusable bags. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and then you do that for a month, two months. And then you start noticing, well, my toothbrush is plastic. I wonder if there's an alternative for this plastic toothbrush. Oh, look, bamboo, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'll stop, you know, um, maybe I'll take a few minutes to enjoy my coffee in the coffee shop instead of taking it to go cup. You know, and mm-hmm, so these mm-hmm. little things that seem really, really small, but they add up, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, and like, mm-hmm. I mean, if you, if you want to get really crazy, right, like what that woman who collected all of her trash for mm-hmm, a year, mm-hmm. right, and like, it, do that for a week, mm-hmm. you know, like, I know that we like throw away trash, but like, really everything that you out and about, you know, pick up, like, Put that all, like, just so you can visualize it. Because I think sometimes we don't, like, because it's one thing, we don't actually see what it looks like over the course of any length of time other than Mm -hmm. this one minute, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so again, just, like, grace with yourself and do things that work for your routine, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And obviously, people who have a lot of time to invest in in these kinds of thoughts will will likely be able to do more. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. people who don't will do less. But honestly, mm-hmm. those people who uh, only have time to do less are likely not having the same impact as those who have time to do more. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this goes, you know, again, goes to kind of that global view of our impact, right? Our relative impact mm-hmm. where, you know, previously colonized countries historically have a smaller carbon footprint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, I, I think that also translates to with it, like internally within our country, those mm-hmm. communities that they just have less. Right. And so you, you're you not buying four cars a year or, mm-hmm. you know, in five years or in 10 years, you're mm-hmm. not buying, you don't own multiple homes. Mm-hmm. Right. Like mm-hmm. your impact is just smaller because it can't be bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, so those who have more time, I think, can and should do more than mm-hmm. those who don't. Right. And we need to make it easier for everyone to do it anyway, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That, that made me think of the, um, like it, I can't remember the study, but the, the, the wealthy, um, 
like with the number of airplane trips they take and um, are, you know, disproportionately have you know, more like greenhouse gas emissions right. and, and use more resources. And, um, and if you're like that household, that's like just struggling even to pay your energy bill um, like that, that even might be a part of it to say like, um, well, I'm not even that big a part of the problem even. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, what, why should I be the one, be the one to work? And I don't, I don't know, like the, the, that's another form of my inner critic that comes in, I guess, uh, like, as you were talking about the, you know, having, having the cup of coffee in the coffee shop, so you don't use that cup or getting a bamboo, uh, toothbrush, so you don't use plastic. Um, the, those are, those are absolutely beneficial things to the environment. Those will absolutely, absolutely have a positive effect. It might be itty bitty. Um, and like, what? Well, yet motivating yourself to do that, or like for, for me, motivating myself to do that, like I, I will quickly forget to buy the bamboo toothbrush if it's based in like, this is what I should do, you know, like should myself, I'll quickly forget and go back to buying, buying plastic because it's, you know, 15 cents cheaper. Mm-hmm. Like that's like going back to our societies, like developed, um, designed for, you know, capitalistic uh, yeah. profit motives yeah. is like the, the driving force of like so much, which, you know, I'm, I'm super guilty of, like I, I buy the plastic toothbrush because it's 15 cents cheaper. <laughs> um, so like, again, going back to that, um, that being motivated by, by love, by meaning, by perception of the, the interconnectedness of all of our, our activities that, that, that bamboo toothbrush, um, like Tamara Marcus told you about it on this, on this podcast, on, on several other podcasts and, and in interviews and like that act alone, like I feel like inspired in like sacred getting my bamboo toothbrush, you know, like, so I, I think that's the other thing I would add to that is, um, you know, finding meaning in, in these, uh, finding like sacredness mm-hmm. in, in these climate supporting, um, environmentally supporting choices. Mm-hmm. And if you are that, that, that household, like, like I, like I've personally been for most of my life that where it's like precarious, yeah. you know, like the, the energy bill and yeah. my car breaking down, um, like that, that has been helpful for me is, is finding, you know, love and meaning in, in doing these things rather than like shooting and shaming myself yeah. and, into doing them. And, and when you do, do, do get that toothbrush, like those are the best Facebook posts ever is like when somebody gets the toothbrush and it's, it's like, I'm, I'm happy. I got this thing. It's, it's so cool. You know, just, just doing my bit. Um, I know it's just a little tiny bit, but it, Hey, it just, it made me feel good. I know it's better. You know, like that's, I love seeing that kind of stuff. So if you get a bamboo toothbrush, please share, (laughs) (laughs) please please share about all of your, all your small victories because they, they do add up. And you start to see like what works for your life, Mm. you know, like, cause when I was traveling, so before I um, moved back 
moved back home, my I didn't have a a, a base. Like I would, I would just kind of travel and like live in places for periods of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess maybe that's kind of how I justified all of the travel because there were flights. And I remember feeling really guilty about just like knowing the impact of flying, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the impact it has on on the environment. Um, and so like, and not even like because I was flying so often, I would eat a lot of airplane food. And every meal that they serve you they give you one of those like reusable or sorry disposable like cutlery sets like wrapped mm-hmm. in plastic with mm-hmm. all this stuff and like mm-hmm. usually you're using a fork but there's like a fork spoon in. and it, again like a small thing but i was using like for one flight it would be three of those for the whole flight and then you start thinking about all of the flights that are going mm-hmm. across the world right mm-hmm. and you're and like you're just like oh, okay like what can i do why well, was like what can i do to at least reduce this part of it, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I got like a bamboo, like cutlery set that I would travel with, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and that worked for me because that, that was my lifestyle mm-hmm. and I still have that, but I don't use it as much as I used to, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Cause my lifestyle is different now. Mm-hmm. So like the bamboo toothbrush is a starting place, right? And then you're like, oh, okay. So I changed this. Like, what else can I do? You know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's really exciting to see how people's like commitment to sustainability is different. Like Rachel Maker of Found Informed, for example, she's really inspiring to me because she upcycles all of these clothes and they look so cool, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that's not, I don't have that talent. I respect that talent. And I'm sure some people, you know, out there do have that ability to sew and create and, you know, upcycle and love it, but do something that's authentic to yourself because that's mm-hmm. also going to inspire others to, to do the same for something mm-hmm. that, you know, significant, meaningful for them. Mm. Do you, what's authentic to you in terms of your sustainability practices? That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Me too. <laughs> it, just, it just came out. <laughs> but, but really, you know, cause it'll, it'll be sustainable. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the whole purpose of this, this podcast or this forum in, in our last couple minutes i'll just say this before we open it up to uh q a if there's anything um i yeah renewable and sustainable like that's the name of the the forum it but in terms of of ourselves Mm -hmm. like what is renewable and sustainable for us like what renews us and like what sustains us like on a personal level on a human level and doing doing something that has meaning to you that works for your life that's appropriate and authentic to you that you feel you know benefits the world and those around you that's that's renewable and that's sustainable and so tomorrow can you um give us a quick so a little input on your your candidacy for city council and like what what are you running for and where and how and why? Yes. <laughs> um, so I'm running for District 3 of um, Cedar Rapids City Council. Um, I'm running because I care a lot about this community. I'm from here. I went away and, you know, kind of got all these cool experiences, new lessons learned, um, seeing new ways of doing things. Um, but, you know, I was shaped by 
by this community mm -hmm. you know like this is home it's always been home mm -hmm. even when i was abroad you know like <laughs> my address is, is pretty much always stayed in, in cedar rapids mm. um and i just i think it's really rare to see um this kind of and I, I think a lot of people say it but you know a small town feel in like a bigger city you know mm -hmm. you have kind of the amenities of a of a city um but you also run like I run into people even when I was back traveling you know I'd run into people you couldn't leave the house and not see someone you know mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes that's a bad thing right mm -hmm. you're like I just want to get a coffee <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but but no it's it's really lovely to have that sense of of family here um and so I was not expecting really to to come back um you know two years ago um and and now that I you know came back with ASJ and and started um that nonprofit with two of of my friends um and many other incredible board members um you know I I got to experience and see the real power of community-driven reform mm. and I've never like I left because I wanted to change the world, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, and I got a lot of flack for that too. A lot of people were like, Tammy, you're not going to change the world. I'm like, yeah, but like, that's what I'm trying to do. So like, it's probably going to do something good. You mm -hmm. know, I might not mm -hmm. like save all of the world, but you know, it's probably going to have hopefully a positive impact if that's my goal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah. And so I think just like, having that kind of lofty goal and traveling and trying to you know do it abroad i realized like what like you have the biggest impact locally you know what i mean mm -hmm. and like if you want the world to be different if you want the world to look different you have to you have to start the work where you are right mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. where you know best and i just I i can't tell you and you know happy juneteenth everyone it's juneteenth right. It's a year anniversary since um, after much protesting, much work, um, city council unanimously approved advocates for so social justice's seven demands. Mm -hmm. um, so that is something worth celebrating um, for sure. Um, and I just, I think just like through that experience of, of starting ASJ and connecting with the Cedar Rapids community mm -hmm. and seeing their passion their devotion, their compassion, right? Like the willingness to, to work towards something better than what we have now, mm -hmm. you know, a future that's more just, that's more inclusive, um, that's safer, you mm -hmm. know, um, for, for us, but also for our earth. Mm -hmm. um, it just, it was an incredible experience. And I want everyone in my district, everyone in Cedar Rapids, to feel like their voice is heard because I've seen what dedicated people hmm. are, are capable of doing, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I know that there's so much talent that resides it right here. Right. Mm -hmm. And it just needs to be harnessed. It just needs mm -hmm. to be empowered. We just need to get more diverse voices who are, who are passionate about meaningful change. Mm -hmm. Right into places where they are able to do that mm. you know and so that's that's really why i'm running is because i want to be that conduit for for this for these community voices that mm -hmm. feel like they haven't been heard and that have really incredible ideas that mm -hmm. i i want to see come to fruition right here okay one more question before yes. we open it up um that the 
the hearing the diverse voices of the community the opening those lines of communication like going back to the mechanic mm -hmm. conversation mm -hmm. where you like had curiosity about where he was coming from and that right. opened up dialogue um that that i think is is powerful on so many levels you know on the like the really interpersonal human relationship level and the the health of our planet mm -hmm. level like those hearing from everybody um that i just think that's like really powerful and i'm, I'm i applaud you for being so committed to that um and that's very much appreciated the what are some things you've done already to be that conduit for voices that aren't necessarily heard mm -hmm. maybe didn't feel like it was worth talking mm -hmm. yeah i mean well i think again just deciding the creation of asj mm -hmm. um but also you know i th i'm really proud of of cedar rapids having the second only the second citizen review board in, in mm -hmm. iowa you know mm -hmm. that's i I mean, that's to me is so big and to do it in a way that all of us involved, all of us intimately involved, so city staff, a few folks from ASJ can can leave that space, run into each other because it's Cedar Rapids, right? So mm -hmm. we run into each other, <laughs> uh, run into each other and say, hey, remember that thing we did? It was really hard. We grew a lot. It wasn't, you know, we didn't agree on everything. Mm -hmm um and and we we did it you know mm -hmm. we took um we took the um you know passion and expertise of community leaders of black leaders in cedar rapids mm -hmm. we combined that with you know the infrastructure and support of local government staff mm -hmm. right into this really new model mm -hmm. that has never existed before i actually didn't i didn't know this until very recently but our the, the way that um, board members are appointed on the CRB, mm -hmm. um, it does, there's no other board in Cedar Rapids that appoints them in this way. Mm -hmm. So the council actually makes recommendations that the mayor then appoints. And we did this to add a, a second layer of, you know, oversight, really. Mm -hmm. um, so it wasn't just, you know, council, it wasn't just one person who could appoint you know, these positions, it, it had to be a unanimous decision or, you know, a collective decision um, from council and the mayor. Mm -hmm. And no other boards work, like, no other boards and commissions work like that in Cedar Rapids. Mm -hmm. And I think like, that is the point, right? Is like, this isn't, we we have a, a way of doing things that has worked for some, for some stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but I think I just want us to, and this was always our, our kind of cry, I guess, as ASJ, where it's like, let's consider a new way of doing things mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. the way that we are currently doing mm -hmm. this stuff, we like, there hasn't been representation to design those structures. Mm -hmm. And what mm -hmm. I mean by that is, you know, this kind of like, so if elected, I would be the first black woman on city council mm -hmm. ever in the history of Cedar Rapids. Mm -hmm. And some people say, oh, well, you know, I, I want to vote for someone based on merit. And I and I get that. Mm -hmm. You should also consider someone's qualifications when voting. Mm -hmm. And also, I think it's important for us to consider that never has there been the perspective of a Black female mm -hmm. on 
our policies, on our mm-hmm. programming, mm-hmm. on on our local government, right? Mm-hmm. That's never existed. Mm-hmm. So a whole group of people that we know reside in Cedar Rapids have never been represented in how we currently mm-hmm. do government. So yeah. that is the significance of the first Black woman. It's mm-hmm. not yay, you know, we did it. We're, you know, kind of like when Obama was elected, racism is over. Mm -hmm. The significance is that now we have this perspective to look at how we have done things in the past and to think about how we might do them differently in the future to make sure, to ensure that everyone has a voice, Mm -hmm. you know? So um, I don't know. I just, I think that there's so much, so much to, to show for ASJ's work and kind of this this push to to reimagine how we how we um, engage in our democratic process. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much That's for fun. all the work that you do um, and for coming on the show. Um, we hope to have you back. Uh, if there's any questions for the Q and A, um, looks like we just have one person live in the zoom right now um if anybody's got a question just uh hit the raise your hand button on zoom Mm -hmm. well i just as the one person live on zoom i want to thank you (laughs) thanks for joining sue (laughs) 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 i am a lifetime environmentalist uh and I love your bamboo toothbrush <laughs> story because I tell that story when I speak a lot. And um, the one thing I tell everybody is that, okay, let's first get out there that we're not all going to go home and throw away our plastic toothbrushes <laughs> because that's more wasteful than anything, you know? Mm, so mm. let's make sure you're buying a bamboo toothbrush next time. <laughs> you know, little stuff like that. So, but I recently spoke for the city of Waterloo, we had a spark event and it was a, an event where everybody was supposed to, uh, a bunch of people submitted their big ideas and the top 10 were collected or, you know, picked or whatever. And, and so that it was a diverse amount of speakers. And then we went at the amphitheater in front of a crowd of about a hundred and my uh, plant cherry tree idea did not get picked but I was later tapped by somebody at the city to say hey could you at least come and speak on sustainability when it goes you know concerning electric vehicles and solar and so uh I I literally what you were saying on that just do one thing is what basically my whole sustainability spiel was with that because it was just like so if you can do one big thing put a solar panel up or buy an electric vehicle do it but you know, if one big thing this year or one big thing this month, just buying less plastic or this week using reusable bags or today your yeah. bamboo toothbrush or, you know, but you have to challenge people too to say, okay, you know, we don't have to give up our plastic straws if we can figure out why my straw ended up in the Indonesian ocean, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. I'm willing to give up plastic straws but I would rather figure out how my plastic got dumped off South Africa or whatever. You know what I mean? That's the right. big and just little things like that. So you're doing great work. I've been a big fan of the Iowa Citizen Action Network for a very long time when I worked at UNI and whatnot. So just 
even though it seems like you have an audience of one, you'll get a lot of replay and you get good information to say. And, you know, to your point about, you know, you want to make a difference in the world, the two of you both, your, your sheer existence makes a difference in the world. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that, Sue. That's lovely. Yeah. Thank you, Sue. And if you want to like get connected with us, um, after, after the zoom, um, irenew.org, uh, our contact information is on, um, my contact information is on there as, um, for me tomorrow, like if somebody wants to get in touch with you, like what's the best way to reach out to you? Um, I would say probably the campaign email or website. So marcusforcr.com is the website. Um, and then the, uh, email is info at marcusforcr.com marcusforcr.com okay awesome so th thank you sue for attending and thank you for um everybody that listens to this or watches this uh after we're done recording uh we are gonna wrap this up uh again thank you so much tamara for coming on and for everything you do um tamara marcus running for city council of District 3 Cedar Rapids. My name is David Gustafson. I'm the president of the board of the Iowa Renewable Energy Association, um, headquartered in Hiawatha, Iowa, coming to you live from my office at home. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Hello again, everyone. This is David Gustafson, uh, the president of the board of iRenew. Um, just saying one final goodbye to wrap up. Uh, after that conversation um, with Tamara Marcus, the uh, sustainability program coordinator for Lynn County here in Iowa, um, running for city council of Cedar Rapids, District 3. Um, again, you can reach her at marcusforcr.com, marcusforcr.com or write an email to info at marcusforcr.com. I'm just so grateful to have had that conversation. Um, I feel personally um, more built up and supported and enthused about um, hope for change, hope for healing, um, the, my, my own personal motivation and, and will and excitement around making changes in my own personal life um, to help with sustainability and renewability and overall justice, overall healing of myself, my community, my close-knit interpersonal relationship, and to the macro, uh, to the planet itself. My, um, my toothbrush brush choices um, you know, might be like such a tiny little part of the overall picture, but, you know, picking a, a sustainable toothbrush for me now might have a lot of meaning to me. And um, if we all have um, in, infuse all of our choices like that with a lot of meaning, um, then think of what it would all add up to, um, you know, a healthier planet and maybe um, a lot more love and affirmation of each other. So uh, thank you again to Tamara Marcus for that amazing conversation. Um, wish her the best of luck on all of her endeavors um, and thank her for um, everything she does 
for our planet and for our community. Um, so yeah, for info um, on iRenew and what we're up to, um, go to iRenew.org. If you want to get in touch with me personally, my email address is david at iRenew.org. Um, I'd especially like it if you'd shoot me an email, if you listen to this and um, have something to share, um, that something that hit you and supported you and helped you, or if you had some questions, um, if there's some way that we can continue to build a community of support, um, the human interpersonal support, then I, I am all about that. I think our um, our renewable and sustainable work uh, has to be infused with humanity. Um, otherwise, what are we doing it for? So if you want to get in touch with me, please, david at irenew.org. And um, we're, we're always in need of uh, donations for, for our work. Uh, so if you can donate, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, again, easiest to do at irenew.org. Um, to our Venmo is also very easy, um, at i-renew hyphen donate and um yeah go to our website uh see what we're doing if you want to uh, volunteer there's information for that um and if you want to collaborate with uh, future episodes of renewable and sustainable um let me know david at irenew.org so again thank you take care and we'll talk to you soon